Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. On this Sunday morning, I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jace, our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, Mainstream Marketing, and Boyd's One Stop. Okay, weather. Galveston right now down on the island is 62 degrees. Uh, those winds are well, down at Galveston. They're kind of northeast, but uh, they're switching everywhere else to the north. But uh, today we're looking at windy conditions down in Galveston, cloudy skies. They'll become partly cloudy this afternoon with a slight chance of a rain shower. High of 63, north winds 20 to 30 miles per hour. And tonight, partly cloudy with more clouds overnight, low of 46, north winds 15 to 25. And then for tomorrow, a few more clouds and sunshine for most of the day and a high of 58, winds will be north-northeast, 15 to 25. So these fronts man they're coming in and they're just not uh holding that north to northwest wind for a couple of days kind of swings northeast as that high pressure slides and looking at tides for today these are galveston channel tide predictions we have three of them we're sitting on a high right now that was at 104 a.m it was a 1.3 at the galveston channel then the next tide is a low at 8:59 a.m a negative 0.4 and then we have a high at 5:14 p.m a 1.8. 6.52 a.m. is sunrise. 5.21 p.m. is sunset. And our moon phase is 96%. It's almost full. Looking at current conditions right now, the Galveston Channel down there, it's north at 9 to 14 miles per hour and 61 degrees with 66-degree water. At Eagle Point, it's 60 degrees with 60-degree water. North winds at 8 to 11. And pretty much the same thing for Morgan's Point. Same temperature, water temp, and north winds at about 8 to 12. So uh, that's where we stand now. Uh, today is uh, duck hunters get one more day. The split begins today. So uh, it'll shut down, and then your north zone will open back up a week later uh, next Saturday, and uh, then the south zone will open up a week behind that. So... Duck hunters, good luck this morning. Get you some more birds before the split. Let them rest up and go back and get them again. That's what they do these days. All right, well, let's uh, run over to the Tri-Bay area. Let's check in with the old hammer this morning, see what he's up to. Glenn Hammond, how are you, man? Doing just fine. Good morning, Captain McKee. How are you, buddy? I couldn't be better. It's Sunday. 
Yes, sir. I just walked out on the porch and that north wind is blowing, buddy. We got 15 mile an hour, 12 to 15 over here right, right. now. Uh, nice and chilly, 62 degrees, man. I don't know. Maybe those deer are moving today, but they didn't move too good yesterday. I think it had to do with that. We had some wind, uh, pick up on us and, uh, I went out, you know, uh, I went out Friday evening late and just decided to go, uh, go out and, and camp and then get up and hunt Saturday morning. And mm-hmm. we didn't see that many deer. I don't know. Uh, my buddy shot at one buck and, and, uh, uh, Doug, the head, our head, uh, rancher out or Doug, the, the owner of the property, he got a, he killed a doe for, uh, one of the, one of the guys that mows all the, one of the farmers or the cattleman that keeps her keeps all the roads all mowed and everything for us and everything anyway doug got him a doe and, and i didn't i went out uh i went out saturday morning and i just didn't see anything moving around man i was gonna you know we got till thursday out there in uh matagorda county to get a to get a doe and right. uh actually brazoria county and matagorda county there's a little uh, county road that separates uh, the counties and my brother's on one side of the road. He's over there in, in Brazoria County and we're in Matagorda County. Uh, so it's just a real close, a beautiful old, old dairy farmland, uh, nothing but palmettos everywhere and, right. and, uh, 200 year old oak trees. I can't, I mean, it's just a absolutely gorgeous place to, to go out and visit, man. That an hour and, you know, an hour away from here. And uh, you're in the woods, buddy. It's uh, it's yeah. really nice. But anyway, they just wasn't moving. Uh, uh, Friday morning, um, Eric, uh, not not Eric. Listen, okay, let's let's back up a little bit. Friday morning, after I talked to you, I I took my nephew Eric and his son Zach, which was in on leave from uh, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, or he's stationed somewhere in Florida. He's in the Navy. And yeah. it's kind of a slow time for him right now. He's got some downtime, so he wanted to go fishing with the hammer, man. So we, he was on fire, and Eric and I were so glad, man, because we get to fish all the time, and this young guy just never gets to go. And we were throwing soft plastics, Captain Mickey, and doing really well. Um, and we didn't have, you know, the bite was on. <laughs> we caught quite a few small fish, and uh, he ended up getting, he had, to, he had the only two reds that we caught. He caught them. And then uh, we had seven seven trout. He got five of those, so got him on two reds and a limited trout. And man, we tried. He, uh, no way. He he caught. I, t- I take that back. He caught uh, the flounder. He caught all the most of the trout. And then the flounder had to be let go. And all he was trying for now was a redfish, and Eric caught both redfish. So we were trying to get him. Eric was going to take him to a jewelry store and have him one of those trifecta uh, Grand Slam uh, necklaces. You know, you can make these little yeah. emblems of uh, uh-huh. a trout red and a flounder. But anyway, man, we tried so hard to get that young man a redfish. But uh, we had, did pretty good for a, a soft plastic bite. I mean, it was really good. Uh, I, water temperature was, oh, I think sixty-two. Seems like it. Right. Seems like it. No, you know what? It was fifty. It was fifty-eight point something when we got on there, and I think it heated up to about sixty degrees. Right. That sounds about right. 
Yeah, what uh, I haven't been on the water now. Yesterday, I didn't go. Uh, I guess that water's heated up a little bit, huh? Probably up yeah, almost to seven. It's hovering around sixty, uh, just about everywhere in the bay, and I think Galveston Channel this morning was about sixty-six. But that's, it'll cool down with this front hitting today. You know, it'll we'll drop them back down. I don't know if it was any certain color that we we were using, but uh. I was throwing black magic. I caught a few trout on it, throwbacks, and uh, they were they stuck to the LSU. They had a purple, purple with a chartreuse tail, chartreuse tail, and it. And I said, "Well, give me one of them, man. I'm a, you know, it don't take me long. I'm, I'm a joined the forces. <laughs> Put one on mine and uh, started getting some bites. Ended up with a real nice box of fish, man, for soft plastics and throwing. So came back, took a bunch of pictures and stuff. And then Friday, uh, Friday, then after they left, uh, we headed on to the ranch, went out and camped out. And, uh, anyway, it's been a great evening out there. And I got up and hunted yesterday and just didn't see anything. And, and uh, But I got till Thursday uh, uh, and then doe season. That's it for the does out there. Thursday's yeah. the end of the month. And, uh, if we're going to do it, I think uh, Doug's going to try to take off Tuesday or Wednesday, and I think we're going to meet out there and see if we can't go ground check one of them. But, um, uh, no, uh, got a nice nine-pointer. Uh, let's see. Jacob got a, on uh, on Friday Friday morning. Jacob got a nine-pointer that was a really nice deer. Right. Uh, Fourteen-and-a-half-inch spread, which is decent when, when we're just trying to get 13 inches, you know what I mean, and, Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but anyway, there's some nice deer out in those woods, I'll tell you. And if, if you've seen how tall this rack was, it almost looked like a South Texas deer. I'm not right. going to go there because I know South Texas deer. But, I mean, to saying the, the the width of the rack, the height of the rack and everything, you wouldn't think you'd see it in the little old woods that we're hunting out there. But there's some decent deer, man. And you know what? It's all open range, no game fences. Uh, these deer can do whatever the heck they want. They come and go. Uh, there's this little bio that runs right through the property called, uh, let me get it right now. Uh, Louisville. Oh, huh? <laughs> Melinda. Linville bio. And, uh, and it goes a long ways, man. And it comes right through the county and it spills out to the Gulf down there by, yeah, shoot, man, down there by Matagorda somewhere it comes in. But anyway, you got that little creek running through, and you always got deer crossing that creek, man. Always got them. And uh, the land is just absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, man, it just you can. It's wide open now that they mowed the whole thousand acres. Uh, it's like you can see between the trees. And you know, when we went out there here a month or so ago, the goat weed they hadn't mowed yet. And the goat reed was five feet tall, so you couldn't Goodness. you couldn't deer you couldn't deer hunt that stuff, man. So uh, those farmers, those ranchers, got after it. They keep the cattle out there, and uh, they mowed it, man. Everything's so nice and neat, and uh, really pleasant. Had a great evening out there uh, Saturday night. Saturday, we came home came home yesterday evening, and I don't know, man. We're gonna try to watch it. Hopefully, hopefully the Texans stay on the roll, and we get to see a good football game. I think. Is that a noon game today? Yeah, and boy, there were some good college games on yesterday. My oh, Lord. I've seen some of that. I, yes, boy, sir. Good stuff, boy. I was listening to the LSU game, and uh, and uh, they ended up getting beat, didn't they? Or No, no, no they won they, that game. They came back. They, when I started listening to it, they were 10 points down, and before I 
could bat an eye, they were 10 points up. Yeah. yeah LSU went on and win that game. But, no, there was some good college football on yesterday. Fun, fun. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that was cool watching that Kansas State and uh, Iowa State game last night in the snow. That was pretty cool. That was a good game. I didn't, I didn't see that one, but I seen the Washington State and the Washington game. That was a good game. Right. Uh, but uh, let's see. What are we trying to do down here in Surfside Beach, man? With the wind blowing, like I said, we got gusts of 15. It's blowing 14 northeast right now or north. Actually, it's got a little west in it this morning. So a little bit of northwest. It should keep our tides at bay. Uh, when I when I got in yesterday afternoon, I could tell by just by coming down to the coast, I looked out in there, and I can tell when those tides are high and got all that marsh grass is all flooded. Mm. And I know it's going to be up there near our house. And sure enough, we pull up the driveway, and, and I could already see the salt water. So it wasn't in the yard yet. And it didn't come up so far, but it they were bulled up uh, yesterday afternoon late, and, and that's because of the east in the winds. Uh, yep. the east drives that water straight to us, and, and uh, really, really builds our stuff yeah, up. Yeah, we'll but, get a little tide drop today and tonight, and then you know those winds are gonna swing back around and have a little northeast in them real quick after this front. So those you know, the tides will come back pretty quick. Good deal. Good deal. I'm uh I'm off this week. Uh, I'm gonna try to sneak back out there and get me a doe before before Thursday. Uh, right. If Doug can get a day, if Doug can get a day off this week, he's gonna call me. We're gonna meet out there, maybe hunt in the afternoon or something. See if we can ground check us some meat just in case we don't get that big buck later on this year. But it's gonna be a long season, and uh, and uh, there's plenty. Plenty of deer out there, so looking forward to it, man. Uh, bait camps right. are holding bait. If you're coming in this area, uh, get you some live shrimp. They got plenty of it down here. I seen the flags flying yesterday, and that is it. That'll hunt. All right, Hammer. Well, throw them out a yes, number. Sir. Somebody wants to get with you, buddy. 713-208-0683. Happy fun Sunday, Captain Mickey. Have a great one, buddy. Will do. See you, bud. Take care, Glenn. All right, that's the hammer down the Tri-Bay area. It's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 417 here in the Bayou City. Let's run down to Freeport now and check in with Jeff Naylor. And I don't, I don't know who all's with him this morning. Like we got a full house. Sounds like Jeff. Good morning. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Captain Mickey? How you doing this morning? Oh, couldn't be better than you. Oh man, we do got a full house. We got a, uh, we got the Casey Cundiff bunch and. Uh, and Elliot Cundiff and Monty with us, so yeah, we got a we got a room full. That'll work. That'll hunt. Well, what have you guys been up to, man? You know, as I as I talked about in the in the uh, motorcycle page, Elliot writes for the facts, and uh, man, did a really cool article recently. I think they they just got back on about a three week run, three week run down at the ranch. Yeah, Jeff, uh, this is Casey. I was uh, I was down there for three straight weeks. I had get ready for opening season. I had some clients come in and had family and friends coming in. So I stayed. My wife gave me the okay, and I stayed down there for three straight weeks. And I almost had to change my zip code on my address for my mailing. I was there, <laughs> but I'm finally back, and it was great, great trip. And I'm glad to be back. Well, that's good. So, Let's hear about anything. Did y'all shoot yeah. anything good? Yeah, uh, my son, Elliot, he, he's here with us. He was down there. He shot his uh, his biggest buck yet. He's going to tell you a little bit about it real quick. So, go on. How's it going, Captain Mickey? Uh, hey, how are you, uh, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, yeah, I'm like my dad. I go to school, and I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to spend that much time down there. I was there for a weekend and did a little bit of guiding. But this past weekend – or this past week, Thanksgiving week, um, I was able to finally shoot the best deer of my life. It was a, a 10 point score, 165, massive wow. G3s. Nice buck. Yes, sir. Oh, I saw the, that was that picture I saw on the, was that the Sicko's page you put it on uh, yesterday, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I posted his article and, uh, uh, you know, he wrote the story about, of course, you know, I, I kind of, I briefed through it real quick. Forgive me for that, but. Right, you I, know, that's the first thing that popped out was those G's on that deer, man. Good long it, times. Yeah, he had 11 inch G3s, and uh, his G4s were one was like seven and a half, one was eight and a half, and Goodness. he had almost six inch beans. He was a heck of a deer, man. Heck of a deer. Oh, yeah, pretty. Um, that was a pretty lengthy article, too, on top of it. Oh, is that, are they normally that lengthy? Um, So they're like. 300 to 800 word limit that's my limit minimum 300 maximum 800 and this one was like 700 some words so it was a little bit longer yeah um but i don't know i kind of went in the whole story behind it um so what i do is on the facts um i'm not really a reporter i do an outdoor column every week it could be a current event or a personal story and this week you know i had this big deer so i had a pretty good story to write about so right. I, I went really in depth into it. I went into uh, kind of the backstory. Um, I shot it at my grandfather, Elliot Cundiff's uh, stand, which is kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of 
historically been a really good stand for big deer on our property in particular. Um, so that made it even more special to hunt for sure. Cool. Uh, so, and, and all these guys, Mickey, they, they basically grew up and lived down at, uh, you know, at the ranch. Of course, Monty ran boats for years for Cap Elliott, and, you know, mm-hmm. they would spend off season, as a lot of guys do, you know, down at the ranch for the wintertime, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, this is the first time I've ever had you got all four of you guys in here. It's pretty crazy, but, yeah. That um, so was going real quick. A lot of hot air. <laughs> a lot of hot air. So, uh, have you ever been on a safari with Dad? Oh, yeah. Um, you have been on a safari. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, my first time going to Africa was South Africa. I don't remember what year it was. Do you remember what year Not it was? exactly, but you were almost too young to hunt. You were just barely. You didn't hunt. I, did, I didn't hunt. You I just came and watched and learned. Yeah, that. pretty much. And it was, like, a really unique experience. But the next time we went, I was like, I'm definitely shooting something. So, the next <laughs> time we went... Namibia. But what year was that? Around 15, 16, something like that. Yeah. 15, 2015. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, so that was my first time, and it was a really good experience. Um, I shot a lot of different variety of stuff, and the coolest thing was uh, really just getting to interact with, like, local people in Africa. That was really cool. Um, And then, what was it, 2016? 2016. 17, we went to Cameroon. 2017, we went to Cameroon, which was probably the best hunt, safari, vacation I've ever been on in general. Um, landscape was awesome. People were awesome. The food was incredible. Like, you go to these places and you think, like, oh, their food's not going to be worth the crap. But really, it's like they know what they're doing. You know, they have yeah. all these crazy animals that they can use as, as food. And he got to shoot a giant Central African eland, and it was bigger than mine. We each shot one on that trip, and his was a 52-inch eland, which is just a monster. He shot an absolute that, yeah, monster. Yeah, that's, that's he, big. He beat me, yeah. He beat me. So, you know, since we've been talking about this, Mickey, on, on the show, you know, the safari stuff, you know, I've had actually several uh, radio listeners call and ask me about African hunting, how to get involved, or how to initially get started doing that. And so, you know what, I've, I've been meaning to ask you, Casey, what is the best way to, to to get, like if somebody was just trying to start out, didn't know anybody in Africa, where do you do, where do you go, how do you go and figure all that out? You need to go to the, one of the, the, the hunting shows, the Dallas mm-hmm. Safari Club show or the SCI convention. I'm right. This year, it's either in Vegas or Nashville or somewhere like that. I'm not sure this year, but. One of those shows, and you can learn everything you need to learn. Go see a bunch of different outfitters, talk to them. And it's always good to talk to somebody that's been there, you know, somebody like me, but there's a lot of other people you can talk to about, you know, what to look for. What, main thing is what animal, what is your budget and what animals are on high on your priority. Yeah. Those are the two things you need to know first before you leave. I'm pretty sure budget is top. you got to be able to at least afford to get on the plane to get over there for sure. Yeah. But you got to have a budget and, and your priority animals and all that and then figure out where you're most economical and, you know, best chance of getting your target species, the yeah. country to go to, and the outfitter to hunt with. Gotcha. Isn't uh, there an outfitter coming across from your ranch in Carrizo, Friggins, or 
the freaking family has a ranch across the, uh, the, the the road from our ranch in Carrizo. They got a huge place. It's a 95,000 acre low fence. It's got some high fence pastures in it, but it's basically a low fence ranch. And uh, they used to own, I don't think they own it anymore. They owned a safari company that did hunts in Tanzania. And we hunted with them one time, but I don't believe they have that safari company. I believe they sold it. But they had it for a long time. They owned the yeah. safari company. Yeah. You never went with them? No, I did once. Oh, you did? My, my, my dad and I went once with them, yeah, back in 2006. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's how that's how you get involved in the safari stuff. Yeah. So, it, they'll let you shoot all you want as long as you got a pocket full of money. Yeah. feed you to the lions or the hippos. There you go. Well, I don't know which way I'd like to go. The... None of the, none of the above, man. That's right. Uh, I mean, Mickey, if you went to Africa right now, I mean, what do you even know what you'd go for, or what you want to see, or shoot, or do? Or man, I'd like to get all adrenaline up and do, you know, a line or some kind of big cat hunt, you know? Yeah, for that sure. Would, uh, <laughs> get that yeah. real good high feeling one more time, you know? Yeah, so Casey killed that leopard, but I mean, it, I don't, do they even pull leopard tags anymore? Do leopards? I know you can. I want to say down in like Venezuela or something. Oh, Texas money. No, um, <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> still hunt leopards. They they usually even hunt leopards in some countries with dogs, but I don't know if they do that anymore. But where we hunted in Tanzania, we had to, and the leopard tag, I think, if I remember, that was about five thousand dollars. Now it's probably triple it. I mean, it's gone way up. Beast that much. The, the, believe it or not, the leopard and the lion cost was the exact same amount of money. Really? Well, we went, yes. But your lion had to be a six-year-old lion or older or you couldn't shoot it. So he had to be a mature, really old Right. And so, and on the leopard, David, it's not as critical, but they don't shoot females. They only shoot males. So they want to shoot a big male. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, but you couldn't, where we hunted, you couldn't spotlight shoot them and you couldn't shoot, hunt them with dogs. You had to hunt them in a blind, and you had to shoot them during daylight hours where you could see them with your own eyes, not with the light. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> the lion, yeah. You ate them by the teeth. The lions, it's a little bit of guesswork because they don't really know, but they're so good at judging. It's just like judging an old white tail deer. Yeah. They can tell if it's old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they judge them by the teeth same way, but they can't. Does that until they've actually shot them yeah. to get their teeth. It's hard to get the teeth out of a live lion. It's a pretty challenging process. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I hear that. Yeah, it's tough enough yeah to needless to say, there's probably not a whole lot of lion dentistry. Yeah, <laughs> negative on that. So, you, so what was you, you shot a big eland. I mean, that was... Uh, I shot, we shot the eland, um, and it's crazy... Like, going along with the same lion thing, any animal, antelope, whatever you're going to shoot in Africa, they take really good care of their animals. Um, they they want you to shoot a mature animal no matter what. Right. So, funny story. We uh, we were hunting for Elan, you know, two-week hunt. Elan was the main thing on our priority. It's, like, the best antelope, biggest antelope you can hunt in Africa. And we we found we found some tracks that looked like some mature ones, and we ended up doing a five hour 
not five mile, five hour track on Eland. And we got up to him, got the sticks down, everything, like ready to shoot. And the the guide is looking at the Eland through his binoculars and like, nope, too young. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna do this just because we had this long track, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, young, so we had to go back and regroup and pretty much restart, which made it kind of frustrating, but it made it worth worth it in the end for sure. Is that when you started running like ten miles a day and stuff like that? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> it's not gonna happen again. Well, you know, when you're doing a track and stalk and all that through there, have you got uh, guys with eyes in the back of their heads to make sure something doesn't eat, eat you while you're trying to kill something else? Yeah. You know, going through the bush like that? I hope so. <laughs> well, it's crazy. They're prepared, too. I mean, you got a guy in front of you with a machete and a rifle around his shoulder, and you got a guy behind you with a machete and a rifle on his shoulder. So you feel pretty protected, but when you go through that high grass, that super tall grass that you can't even see it does get a little intimidating for sure yes especially you know you're not safe like there's lions in this pasture or whatever it's kind of it's a little spooky but you feel safe yeah yeah Yeah, actually these guys that you hunt with the these trackers and you usually have a a crew of trackers in front of you and, and the ph and you know there might be another guy with you too uh you know, you think you have good awareness and eyesight and stuff because you know, we, we've hunted a lot, and I, I feel like I'm pretty good hunting. I can see pretty well. I'm pretty good. These guys are just a, a next level of seeing things, sensing things that, that you don't even mm-hmm. You learn a lot from being around those guys. They've seen it all, done it all, and they know. Yeah. They know it happens a lot of times, you know, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, their profession, they've been doing that a long time. And they're really not—they're really not afraid of much. What they really are afraid of, a lot of them are, are Native Africans, and, and you know, they don't like snakes, man. They don't like snakes. <laughs> I remember we—we were—we were tracking buffaloes. <laughs> this was the first time with my dad, and we were tracking a long time, and we hadn't found any buffaloes. So we were down in this little creek bottom, and all of a sudden, all these guys stopped and started backing up, and I was behind them, and I started backing up too. I didn't know what was going on. It was a huge python right in front of them. And those guys scattered when they saw that snake. It was like a 15, 18-foot snake. And it was right in front of the trail. And they didn't like that snake. They see a lion or a leopard or an elephant, they'll just keep on walking. But if they see a freaking snake, man, they, they don't like them at all. They scatter. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. I mean, y'all well, been I've, seeing these? I, I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Have y'all been seeing any snakes down at the ranch? Ran over oh, a rattlesnake on accident. Yeah, really. I didn't even see it in the road, and I came back down the road, and there was a dead snake in the road, and you were with me. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't a big It was like a three-footer, three-and-a-half-footer. It was dead in the road. We obviously turned it over earlier today because it was smashed in the road. And, we just, and it's just still a buzzworm. Still, it doesn't matter what size they are. They'll still pop you. No, yeah, for <laughs> it sure. Ain't, it ain't good. Let me knock this break out, guys. I'll be right back. Y'all hold on with me. All right. Okay. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market located right in downtown Belleville. They're a short drive from Sealy off I-10 or Hempstead off 290. And every week they're double featuring pecan smoked sausage, and you can always try it out. Free samples are always available there in the meat market. And a full menu of pecan smoked barbecue Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And uh, custom processing, they do that all year long on pigs and calves. You can order a half calf or a hind quarter you can have it processed any way you like and uh, not to mention their great processing facility 
if you're looking for something new to get made with your with your venison or hogs this year, try out their homemade hot dogs using your venison or wild pigs. You can bring something home from the hunt the entire family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the Belleville celebrating 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. morning welcome back to the sports radio 610 outdoor show 435 here in the bayou city all right let's go back to the guys in freeport it's a mouthful i can't name them all off that quick enough all right jeff we're back (laughs) (laughs) that big woman you sent me a picture of uh, yeah what's a body weight on something like that i mean that's that's a big uh that's a giant antelope Actually, that that was the one Elliot shot. That was the one with the fifty-two inch horns. That was right. that actually was a large body. I mean, it's big. Don't get me wrong. That one was probably twelve to fourteen hundred pounds. Jeez. Now, but I shot one which was the antlers. The horns weren't near as big, but his body was bigger. I'd say eighteen hundred pounds on a big one. I knew those things were big. I didn't know they were like that. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, they are huge. Um, that's a big animal. They're very big, and that's a Central African eland. That's the one they call the Lord Derby or the Giant eland. That's it's basically the same size animal as ones you get in South Africa, but the horns they have a different coat, and their their horns are much longer. The ones up there, that's why they call right. them the Giant. Eland. And that one came from where Cameroon. Yeah, Cameroon. You ought to see that man on on the on the wall, Mickey. He's got it looks like his neck is you know it looks like a bullfrog. He's got <laughs> huge shoulders. I mean, man. I think is. Giant, yeah. But, yeah, so you asked me earlier, are they uh, – so I sent you some pictures, right? I sent you a picture uh, of, of a big one that they shot this week and then what they considered a midget deer, what I was told was a midget deer <laughs> at the beginning. So uh, that one picture I sent you, 
that was like nighttime, I think an infrared picture or something like that. That was, yeah. So mentally, yeah. Yeah, that well, one that was standing there on a protein feeder. Yeah, I'm looking at that one now. It's got the split so, twos. Yeah, Mickey, we have a uh, we have a strange phenomenon that goes down there. We're, we're in South Texas, obviously, but occasionally we get we get some deer that are major hill country genetic deer mixed in with our South Texas deer, and right. we'll shoot. And he'll look like he has a bigger rack than he actually has because he's a smaller deer. Right. And you, and it's really hard, and it's hard to really see it unless you have a lot of deer next to him to compare him to. But you don't really notice it until you shoot him. And then you walk down there and you're like, wow, this deer is little compared to the other deer we shoot. And therefore, his rack, it looks bigger on his head. But when you go to measure, it doesn't measure out like some of the other deer do. Right. And uh, we, like we've seen Canada. that. The body size yep. on those deer are so huge it dwarfs the racks a lot of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So you you think that's a, you think it's not a midget deer, right? You think it's a mid like a hill country? It's just a smaller bodied, smaller deer genetic that's mixed in with our South Texas deer. We've yeah. seen it before. Yeah, and you're we're not. in Carrizo Springs area. Yeah, Carrizo Springs. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it seems as if what's crazy is it seems as if. We have three pa- – our, our place is not very big compared compared to a lot of places down there. It's 2,700 acres, and we see a lot of different body size genetics and antler genetics on, on that little piece of property from one pasture to another one. We've noticed some – one pasture produces more big deer than the other one does, and they're right next to each other. It's crazy. Oh, I think a lot of it has to do with the minerals in the soil. The soil yeah. is different on one side of the ranch than the other, and I think there's more nutrition on a certain part of the ranch than other. Really? Yeah. I mean, you got to imagine uh, that deer's got a huge, you know, living space, right? He, he's traveling your ranch, next ranch, two ranches over. But if back. he's spending the majority of his time in one draw compared yeah. to another draw, he's going to get more nutrition on one side than the other. We have a sandy exactly. soil on the east. We have a more a darker soil on the west side, and the darker soil has the bigger deer in it. Daddy's always talking about the red sands down there. Yeah. There's different Maybe. soils, different. It, it changes from one pasture and to the other. It could be the water, too, because sometimes a well could have more salt and more fresh, and maybe something to do with the water. Who knows? How many, how many, how many ponds do y'all have? Y'all have three ponds? We have, no, we have more than that. We have one, two, three, and four, they got five, a total six. We have six or seven that hold water all the time, and a couple of other ones that are, get, get dry sometimes. We have a lot of water, really. Yeah. Soils. <laughs> So, Mickey, do you see that same phenomenon down there where you hunt at on Blaine's place? Or? Yeah, uh, really do. You know, he's got he's got a lot of that red dirt in areas too, like that, and uh, the deer seem to be, you know, on average seven to ten inches more, you know, mass and everything than than another yeah. ranch. Not you know, as a crow flies four miles from there. Uh, when it all intertwines, all that he's got leased, they all pretty much intersect. And you'll see, you'll hunt one ranch during the rut, and you'll see a deer, and, you know, he's real distinct looking, you know, by his markings and, you know, his horn configuration and all that. And two days later, you'll be on another ranch, and that same deer will show up on a doe over there. And you, you, know, it, you know it's the same deer. Because he may have yeah. a broke off, you know, G three or yeah. G two or something from fighting, and you, you know, just the body size, you, you can tell it's the same deer you saw two or three days prior to that on a totally different ranch. Yeah, they sure. Next, does he have? Does he have a lot of uh, high fence around him? Or, or uh, is it pretty- yeah, that uh, he's got one 
it was low fence, and when that guy was uh, bought that ranch next to his main ranch there at the house, he started high fencing it. So Blaine, they went down there, and I mean they laid down the yellow brick road for like two or three months while they were building that high fence, and he sucked a lot of deer off of that ranch. And when the guy <laughs> after he bought it, he goes, "Man, we had this thing surveyed, and we had a lot more deer on it." Well, Blaine yeah. sucked them over there. But uh, he's got another one that borders the county road, but all of his is low fence going all back through all of his back pastures and back to the west. I mean, it. Uh, I've seen some, man, I've seen some hair curling bucks down there and never could get a shot at them. But, you know, I've killed some good deer there too. You know, that six point I killed there, that just, man, what a trophy that was. Jeez, you know. 134 and a half inch six point just monster that is that is a monster you know I mean, that you that throw some g3s and g4s on there and that'd have been a book deer and no doubt and it had it had marginal brow tines i think it had about six and a half inches of brow tines i mean if he'd have just had some decent brow tines he'd have busted 140 and that's huge for, that. for like 27 and a half inches long good mass the G2s, G2s were like 13 and 14 inches long. <laughs> it was a big deer, man. <laughs> That's a crazy six point. Yeah. I remind, you know, down there in Rock Springs, my friends, uh, you know, a couple of them went and bought some ranches down there. And one in particular bought one right next to a, uh, it was like a 15,000 acre ranch. One of the first ones down in Rock Springs that had elk on it, you know, and they had all those floods that knocked the fences down and stuff like that. Well, they punched a little hole in the high fence that bordered his place. So, man, he started he started feeding alfalfa in those those elk. Just, uh-huh. you know, like by the droves, you know, they were basically fed down in his place. I mean, he basically <laughs> took, them, he took them all. I mean, he's uh, just loaded down with elk. But you know what? On the flip side of it, you know, they're actually very destructive. I mean, they, like, stomp. I mean... If it rains, there's mud holes everywhere. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you don't want a bunch of elk on your property, from what I've heard. No, you really don't. no, you don't. You see it, shoot them. They're good eating. So shoot one if you see it on your property. Shoot the elk. There's no shoot We shot a baby one last uh, last last season. We shot about 150 pound little young cow. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Y'all, y'all have any, you got any, like, axes that run around? Because, I mean, you know. Should, uh, I think they killed a fallow. One fallow deer. One fallow deer. Somebody yeah. shot that. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Fallow deer, bow. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's some oryx. It's going to When you're sitting in the blind down there, I don't know if you see an oryx or something weird pop you up. Shoot you shoot it. Shoot yeah, it. you might as well. I mean, you'll never see yeah, it. Yeah, just Probably. got off somebody's high <laughs> fence, man. Them like zebra across the floor. We were driving in down there. We've seen zebra and all kind of stuff on this. I guess it's a freaking. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so they didn't board them. I guess they just find a little hole and get out and they get over on the ranch. On that, uh, on that freaking ranch across the road from us, they supposedly have like a couple of pastures that are full of African. Really? Yeah. None of them have ever gotten to my place, though, unfortunately. Wow. No kudus or elands or anything come to my property yet. Dang it, boy! How tasty are those animals in Africa? Are, are, are they good eating like our, you know, whitetail are and everything else? Yeah. Axis and I'd say that Eland is probably the best. That's like eating almost like eating pure beef. I mean, it's excellent. I mean, they have oh, a brisket. Awesome. Um, so 
No, they're excellent. They're excellent. Hey, do yeah. they do they actually cook your deer, the one that you shot that day and stuff yeah. like that? Okay, cool. Eat all kind of wild game when you're there. That's free food, basically, kind of, sort of. You know, they cook it up all different kinds of ways. They, yeah. They'll make spaghetti out of it. They'll cook you tenderloins. They'll do fried. They'll do everything. Wow. Man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Man, you know, and I think back to snakes in Africa, what kind of, I know they got to have poisonous snakes. You never hear much about it. You always hear about the big stuff, but I'm sure they've got some, uh, you know, nasty snakes in the bush over there too, huh? When we were in Cameroon, Elliot will tell you a story of what happened in Cameroon, if he remembers. We saw a snake there. The spitting viper? Spitting cobra, yeah. Spitting cobra, sorry, yeah. So we were, uh, we were in the truck, you know, we're, we're driving around looking for whatever. And um, the the guy tells us, stop, stop, stop. He bangs on the truck. And in the road, you see a little snake, you know, slithering around. And we don't know what it is, but the tractor's like, they're looking around. And they see, oh, it's a spitting, spitting cobra. And immediately, they, everybody started getting freaked out because, I don't know, they spit in your eyes and you can go blind or something like that, which... And if they bite you, you know, obviously they're super venomous. Um, Then they immediately wanted to kill it. Like they did not want to leave, like let this thing live. But I think it, I think it got away. Yeah, because the the pH uh, was was trying to get one of the guys ran out there and was trying to kill it, and uh, (laughs) and the pH was like, no, you're gonna get spit on, and then we're gonna, you know, you're gonna go blind. He was trying to keep him away from the snake, so we ended up leaving the snake alone, not killing it, but. Uh, just risk of getting spit on, I guess. <laughs> they, got, they got that. I mean, they. I don't know if they have. Did they have black mambas in Cameroon? I can't remember. No, South but I, I, saw, I saw a black mamba in Tanzania one time. Yeah, I've seen a green tree snake. You can look it up. It's a small snake. It lives in a tree. It's green. But it's oh, with the red eyes. It's extremely venomous. And I had one like looking me right in the face. I didn't even see it. It was in this tree, and I walked by this tree, and there was this green tree snake. But I was looking me right in the face. And the guy goes, man, you were lucky this thing didn't bite you because you would have probably been dead in about a half hour. Until oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for the yeah. info. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't true, Snake. Do they make you pay up at first? I mean, what happens if you get whacked by a snake? Well, hell. Hopefully we got his credit card number. I mean, they that wallet. I mean, they got... They- they got like down in you, you hunted near uh, what the Congo and stuff like that. They got I know they got Cameroon like, rainforest, uh, baboon they, uh, vipers. They have the gaboon viper. We didn't see vipers, but yeah, I, they those, have those gaboon vipers. They're beautiful snakes, but buddy, you get hit by one of them, it's pretty much uh, hope you're caught up on everything. Start digging <laughs> right there. But the thing about the gaboon viper is, from my understanding, when I was there, is that they're very. Yes, they're there, but they're very unlikely. I mean, you'd have to literally, of course, it's possible. You'd have to literally step on it to get bit by it because they're pretty. They're docile. relatively docile. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because they can wait for something to crawl past them and then they bite it and kill it and eat it. But yeah. But they are beautiful looking snake and they're very hard to see. They're, a lot of times they'll bury up underneath the brush or the foliage underneath like at the bottom. Like yeah, with the leaves and stuff. And I think they're. I think they have one of the longest uh, uh, teeth or mm-hmm. uh, fangs in. in of all the venomous snakes, and I mean the freaking heads on them are like you know yeah they're big bite they're big bite yeah head. they got that big old giant head on them that you know that uh, they just look they look bad they're beautiful yeah. as far as the coloring and all that but now you can, uh, well I don't think there's anything 
beautiful about a snake, period, any kind of snake. Uh, we did see a big indigo down in South Texas the other day. We saw he sneaked across the road. I was going to try to catch him, pick him up, and take a picture with him, but he got away too fast. I couldn't catch yeah, him. Yeah, king him. snakes, man. Don't kill, don't kill an indigo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love them. I took two of them last time I was down there. Came across the road. What hyena is the most dangerous uh, breed over there? Is it the spotted one? That's yeah, the one. Yeah, the spotted hyena is the most dangerous. There's a couple of other ones. There's the bigger. There's the brown hyena, which is rare. They get really big, but I I don't even know that I've ever even seen one of those. We didn't see one, did we? Mm -mm, uh -uh. The brown hyena, and then there's one other one, and there's the spotted hyena or the laughing hyena, they called it. That's the one that hunts in the big. The other hyena is like that brown one that hunts by itself, kind of. You don't see there, and they're a lot furrier. No, it doesn't hunt in packs like like the like the spotted does, like the ones you see on the now TV. Those spotted, those, spotted hyenas, those are man killers, huh? Yeah, yeah, they have like a a bite. You know, they're they have like one of the strongest bite forces of all the animals. They can just crush with their teeth. Wow! So you don't want to on one of those things. Yeah, and they can. I mean, a, a pack of hyenas can take a lion down if they if they get lucky enough. They'll never do it one on one, but they can do it as a team. Yeah. Pretty tough critters. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. <clears throat> yeah, I sent you, I sent you that uh, that other picture, which I just showed these guys. But the, that uh, buddy of mine, Paul Gore, went down. We was hunting down there last week and killed that double beam uh, deer. Did you Did you see that picture? Double main beam. Yeah, he had like a he had like a <clears throat> like a, a second beam below his right. Oh, beam. I see it now. Yeah, that's the. Uh, yeah, that's weird. On his right side, he's got a normal beam, but it kind of goes straight up, and then it's got that huge, just long beam with no tines on it. That's cool looking. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that was very strange and very eclectic yeah. and weird. But you guys say y'all see him like that from occasionally. Time to time. Yeah, we, we get yeah, and and I'm 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 still don't know the answer to this question, but I'm beginning to learn more and more. I don't think that's something that's mainly maybe going to come. It's not necessarily going to come back to next year. Genetic. It's not. A well, genetic. it may something may happen later. It may have an injury or something because I've sure. seen deer that I'm pretty sure corrected that problem and actually they didn't have that. If you if you think it's a problem, I mean, if it's a big double main beam, it's pretty awesome. But if it's a weird thing with no points on it, it kind of I don't know. Not all that. What you want a bunch of that out there? So, yeah. uh, but I What's think what's the that, widest deer y'all killed on your place, Casey? Ever about twenty six. Yeah, that's that's wide. You know, that just uh, Blaine sent me a picture yesterday of somebody in the Mui Grande had a thirty-five and a half inch wide deer. That's crazy. Monty got a twenty-six down there. I shot a twenty-six. I shot a twenty-four incher this year. Uh, just an eight-point kind of a cold buck, but he had a twenty-four inch spread on him. So, uh, yeah, we we killed some wide deer there. Uh, would you say would you say the biggest one y'all y'all killed down there at Blaine's place? Wide. I think probably widest down there is probably about, you know, most of those deer average around twenty to twenty two. I think they've killed a twenty four. But uh now we saw the one we named Bullwinkle about twenty five years ago, Blaine and I were going through a gap gate around this water hole and that deer had been using the water hole and he was walking off and when he saw us pull up to the gate he took off, and when he dropped his head to go under this bush, that deer was 30 inches wide if he was a day. I mean, it was just 
man, I don't know how many how many tines he had on him. It looked like a fourteen pointer. I mean, it was a monster. We hunted that deer for two years. Nobody ever saw it again. <laughs> we hunted, hunted that area with high racks, pop ups. I mean, we you know, we just nobody ever saw it again. Not on a game cam or anything. Boy, what a beast! Big old body too. It was a huge body. Definitely. So, uh, um, did you you just send me a picture with uh, Blaine's deer? Was that off of Blaine's ranch? No, that was off another ranch. But it's it's what's leading the the widest deer in the Muy Grande right now. Thirty five and an eighth inches. That's wide, man. Golly, you know what ranch it came off of? No, I don't. A guy <laughs> Crosby shot it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they're they're all amazingly beautiful deer down there. I, I really, uh, you know, what y'all consider just an average deer. I, I mean, you know, imagine not putting on my wall. Really, I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. And so you guys, y'all feed protein year round down there. Yeah, yes, sir. We do protein year round. January through about September, October ish. We don't have protein during hunting season. Huh? Right. Blaine puts out a lot of soybeans, and he started doing that a few years back, and it's made a lot of difference in his horn development, too. And this year, oh, I'm hearing it from a lot of people. They got the, all the rain at the right time, the foliage, everything was just, everything's perfect, you know, for quail and deer. And, and uh, everybody's averaging about 7 to 10 inches more, you know, horn mass this year than, than last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, yeah I mean, springtime when we were down there at Charles Ranch, man, it was like the grass. You get, it was like driving through so some good. of the back back roads and stuff like that was like hitting the top of the truck. Yeah, I mean, it was the grass was really high. Yeah, really high. I don't even think you can't even see some of the ponds. I think we had to drive almost. Dad almost drove drove into one. As a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> bad way to find one. Dude, are, are y'all holding water pretty well down there? I mean, mm-hmm. the, like yeah. they're staying pretty dry, uh, wet. Or we got a little bit of rain about two weeks ago. We got about an inch and a half over about two day period a couple of weeks ago. That really helps because this time of the year, going into the winter time, there's not you know if you don't get rain down there, there's nothing green growing. So the deer are basically eating the corn and a little bit of brush, and that's it. It's good to have some of those weeds and forbs grow out of the ground. That'll get them through the winter time, and it'll help their it'll help their antlers for next year. Believe it or not, they have food right now. It really it will, will help a lot. Yep. Well, and Blaine he. He loves the rain because it creates a lot of bugs, you know, grasshoppers and stuff for his quail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's he he likes it for the deer too, but mostly for the quail. That's the uh, that's the big money quail oh, hunts. Yeah. Oh yeah, how'd y'all do? Was the quail like? Uh, did y'all kill some quail mm-hmm. last time? Yeah, did y'all that's that's right, good I killed probably. I, I was down there three weeks. I probably killed thirty or forty quail. Did you really? Yeah, just I'd go around and shoot a few here and there. I wasn't like hunting them too too hard, but. Yeah, shot a few ducks down there too, and meat and eclectic ones, pintails, and some some Mexican mallards and uh, <laughs> gadwalls, teal stuff like that. Yeah, what about the same well, stuff? Cool. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, hey, I enjoyed yeah. all the good conversation this morning, guys, and uh, that uh, that's always fun. Y'all, y'all keep it up. It's always good entertainment. If somebody uh, wants to call. <laughs> And do some offshore blue water fishing. How do they get a hold of you fellas? Yeah, give me a call anytime at nine seven nine four one seven ten thirteen or go to our website at stfladventures.com. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, Elliot's writing a column for the uh, for the Facts newspaper, so it comes out maybe once a month right, or twice once a week. Once, once a week. week. Once a week. Right once now. a week, either Friday or Saturday in the paper. Yeah. Go check out his column. He's always got some really cool things to talk about, you know, a lot with the fishing and Elliot's and all the old party boat stories and stuff like that. Hey, yeah. yeah. Let's the go roll. Cool. Monty, you got that boat ready yet? No, but I'm going at it real hard. <laughs> we're right, ready. Well, y'all have a good Sunday. Always enjoy it. Appreciate y'all getting up and, and bearing with me this morning. Yes, sir. Right, talk to you later, Mickey. All right, y'all have a good Sunday. See you now. All right, take care. All right, that's the boys in Freeport. Time for a break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T 